a real surprise that that the game finished 1-0, um, as you mentioned, because I, I was expecting to see a lot of goals in this one. But um, I, I think it, it goes full credit to Chelsea in the end because they they've proved everyone wrong, including us. I mean, I didn't even expect them to be here. I thought Real would take care of them, but full credit to them. And in the end, I think Manchester City and Pep, you just have to say like, what, like, what went wrong here? You know, they, they've been playing so well all year and it just really fell flat in the most important game of maybe Pep's career. This is probably <clears throat> the closest that they've gotten to lifting this trophy up. And it was probably the most likeliest one, which they would have won. But Chelsea had other plans. Uh, If you look at the lineups, I probably take Manchester City, City's (laughs) stack lineup over Chelsea any day of the week, even without a striker. But De Bruyne did leave that game early after that collision with Rudiger uh, in the 60th minute. And after the game, uh, like the day after, he uh, tweeted or put on Instagram, his diagnosis, which was an acute nose bone fracture and a left orbital fracture. And then we could see him walking off the pitch um, in tears and with like a a black eye. It was pretty nasty to see him leave that way. And of course, heartbreaking for De Bruyne because you have to wonder if this game would have ended differently with De Bruyne still on that field. And there were some, a little bit of Controversy, I heard the announcers after the game questioning the fact that neither Fernandinho nor uh, Rodri started in this game, you know, to give a little more. Good evening and welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Sports Today with Francis and Chris. My name is Francis, and of course, he is Chris. And together, we are Francis and Chris. Today, we have Champions League to get into, as well as some Europa League action. Chelsea were crowned kings of Europe in the Champions League. And Manchester United fell to Villarreal on penalties uh, after it had to go to goalkeepers. And Villarreal's goalie, Ruli, came on top. A lot to get into, but before we do, let's welcome in Chris, who uh, joins us for today's episode. Chris, how are we feeling today? Well, I'm feeling better now that Chelsea did win. You know, as you mentioned, Manchester United fell short. And as I'm sure you all know, by this point, I am a huge Manchester United fan, so really hurt to see my boys fall short and in that way too. Um, 11-10 on penalties, which we'll get into, so a really hard way to lose a final. But it was nice to see um, our rival, the other side of Manchester, fall short as well to Chelsea. So a lot to talk talk about. I know that would definitely hurt your spirits over there, but... Before we get into Manchester United's defeat, we got to get into Chelsea's victory. And it came as a result of Kai Havertz's goal in the 42nd minute, the lone goal in the game, which is kind of surprising, I might say. Uh, 1-0 victory for Chelsea gives them their second Champions League trophy in their club's history. And as yet another year without a Champions League for Pep Guardiola's Manchester City team. You have to wonder if that clock is ticking at this point, right? Um, There's basically the one trophy that City has failed to lift up in quite some time now, as in forever. And Guardiola was brought in to bring that, uh, you know, that drought that the team has had in their history and has failed to do so yet again. This time against, uh, I think, 
uh, underdogs in this matchup, Chelsea, who uh, score in the 42nd minute, as I said, and leave some doubt. Aguero's leaving. He said he wouldn't leave without a Champions League. He had his opportunity here, and he did not start. Again, with um, six midfielders practically up top for Guardiola's team. Uh, a little confusing. I, I did expect that at least Aguero or Gabriel Jesus to start this game. But, you know, Guardiola's probably dancing with the girl that brought him here. And it's been working so far, but this Chelsea team is very stubborn. They beat him in the league as well. It, it just goes well for Toko's team, who he has uplifted since his takeover after Frank Lampard's departure. What did you see in this game that gave Chelsea this victory? And what could a City done better, you know, to change the outcome of this game? Well, um, I definitely agree with you that um, it, it was definitely like a surprise. You know, I was certainly expecting either Aguero or Jesus to, to make the start, um, as you mentioned, because, you know, they, they've gone with that formation with, with no real focal point up top and it's worked, but you, you just had the feeling that they, they would switch that for the final, you know? Um, and I, I honestly thought that Aguero would start being that it'd be his last game, you know? I mean, you could look at the formation and say maybe that, that was why, but it just comes down to uh, they just got outplayed Manchester City. Chelsea came out and were, were the better side. And Manchester City, in the end, they just didn't create enough opportunities and were poor. Um, if you look at the stats, one shot on target. I mean, that's just not enough in a game like this. And Manchester City are a side that we talked about that, that are known for scoring goals. And goals come easy for them. So th this, this is just... Reassurance in that midfield. Uh, to that, I say you have probably six of the best midfielders in the world on that team right now. Uh, young Foden and Gundogan and Bernardo Silva were in that middle three and De Bruyne, Sterling and Mahrez off top. So yeah, it kind of has, um, the, those who says that have a point, but at the same time, this was a 1-0 game. The goal uh, was actually goal kick from Mendy over to Chilwell and Chilwell gave it to Mount with a beautiful through ball that found Havertz, takes out Ederson and scores with an open net. I saw Zinchenko was on Havertz and Ruben Diaz was on Werner, who dragged him out. It was well, well-timed runs and a great play by Chelsea. I don't know how much of a difference a midfield uh, change would have done there, but all props to Chelsea. As you said, they came, they had a plan, and they stuck to it. And uh, Toko had has been given the praise that he deserves because honestly, this is a completely different Chelsea squad than when Frank Lampard was in charge. Uh, he didn't change much, but the attitude definitely changed of this team. And Kante has been praised for his performance, uh, respectfully so, he deserves it. But uh, where, where do you see this defeat putting Manchester City now? Are they gonna be content with another league title? Do they, do they make moves, major moves? Um, Aguero's leaving today, the 1st of June. He got confirmed to Barcelona. So he's leaving. What does that, where does that put Gabriel Jesus, who's not starting in this game and is a pivotal striker for them? Do, do you think they go for a big money move? Maybe Kane? I don't know. Yeah, 
Um, well, for City, I mean, you know, this is the title that they want. This is the title that Pep wants. They had a great year. So it's just obviously disappointing, but you reset. But in terms of that striker position, for me, I think Gabriel Jesus definitely has the quality um, to be their, their main man. But you just get the sense that they don't have the full confidence in him. And, you know, if they did, he, he would have started that game, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I think that they do um, certainly explore options if they, if they don't go out and get one of these guys. I, I definitely think they'll be in the market for Harry Kane, as you mentioned. And someone like Mr. Erling Holland, because he he's been rumored with with all the big teams in Manchester City has definitely been one of them. So um, I, I could definitely see them making um, a big push for Kane and Holland. So that that will be interesting to see what happens with that. And Kane has made it clear that he wants to leave Tottenham and this summer, too. So. Yeah, I saw reports that uh, January 11th was like a pivotal date. Either he wasn't going to move before the Euros or he was going to move uh, after that date. That's the date that they had a, a you know, postmark to see whether he stays or leaves. But he's definitely leaving. All, all, all signs are showing that he's leaving Tottenham. Uh, no trophies for them yet again. Uh, but that's nothing new. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for on Chelsea's side, what do you see there? Uh, you know, I've seen this team on paper, and Werner is just not enough for me. I'm sorry. Uh, Werner is very, very fast, uh, makes great runs, but his finishing is not where it should be for a striker. What do you see Chelsea doing? Because I don't know. I, I wouldn't call this season a fluke. The fact that they came out champions of the world against the Manchester City squad, but I just don't see them repeating this. Do you? Do you see any changes? For me, I mean, look, they going into the season, they, they made um, some big signings. You know, Thiago Silva, the big one, Werner, Ziyech, Havertz. Um, so they're they're definitely um, they definitely made some some improvements to the point where I thought that they'd be a threat in the Premier League. And I just didn't see them winning the Champions League, though. So, I mean, they're, they're way ahead of schedule in that. Yeah. But in terms of repeating, I mean, I, I think there's a chance. I mean, you got to give them a chance being that they just won it. But I definitely would, would have to agree that I just think that they, they, need, they need to solve the, this issue. I mean, if Werner, I, I think they should still – you know, give give him an um you know next season a chance, but they 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 just need someone that that can score up there because for me and you you kind of alluded to it he does everything right it's just the finishing mm. and you even saw it in that game there was like two chances that you're just shaking your head how has he not put them in so I, I think they if they could add um someone like Holland or Kane you know, similar to City, um, that that would really make them a dangerous side and hopefully for them uh, compete for, for the title. Yeah, that'll really be a sight to see. Like seeing this team, uh, Werner to me, 
he kind of plays better as a winger. I don't know. He's tall, yeah. so he looks kind of unconventional for that position. But he's fast. He's got some good dribbling moves. It's just that finish, man. He's just like another Vinicius. It's like, like get out of that position. Do you, do you think that's a possible move that maybe he can play on the wing? Well, I mean, I, I do have to say, you know, um, last season in particular, I watched a lot of Bundesliga. Um, being that Bundesliga returned first you know, after COVID, and I, I watched a lot of games. And Werner, you know, at Leipzig, he, he did play on the wing with Paulson. Yusuf Pol- Paulson was the focal point up top, and mm-hmm. he played on the wing, and he thrived in it. But I think um, it, was, it was Frank that wanted him to play more advanced up top and didn't really allow him um, to, to go out wide. But maybe with um, Tuchel they they can put him back out out wide because I, I think if you have him if you have him there he, he's more of a threat at this point because <laughs> just in in front of the net he, he, he really isn't unless he's passing the ball off at this point like I'm a defender I, I'm not like scared at the moment and that that's kind of embarrassing as someone who who's a striker but like I said he he did play um on the wing plenty of times with with Leipzig so I I say why not and maybe I I think this if if I'm Chelsea I'd put him on that left side and then put Havertz more advanced because Havertz is showing that he has more of that finishing touch right now and he he's the one who got the goal and he looked um like a much better player uh, especially in the the last few games so yeah, I agree with that. Uh, someone who is probably the, in the opposite situation as Werner, at least to me, is Marcus Rashford, who is a striker to me, and they, uh, uh, Ole Soskar is putting him in the wing, and I see that's actually hurting his quality. And with that transitioning skills, we're going to move on to the Europa League, where Manchester United faced uh, Villarreal. And it was a pretty tight game. A 1-1 in regular time, a goal from Cavani, a goal from Jeremy Moreno, two uh, goals with, uh, you know, a set piece. One was a free kick, which Moreno put behind the net, and another was a corner, which uh, actually came off a deflection from Rashford's shot, which found Cavani open right in front of the net. A great story for Cavani, really, what what he's turning into. And, um, yeah, so... It came to penalties with no difference in extra time. And it came down to the goalies. So uh, pretty surprising, I must say, um, with, the, with the quality that United has with penalty takers. It comes down to the Hea versus Ruli. And Ruli ends up saving the Hea shot. And Villarreal are crowned champions with Emery winning another trophy that he couldn't win with Arsenal for some reason. But we're not going to get into that. What what did you see in this game, Mr. Manchester United, which led to the downfall of the Red Devils to the uh, Yellow Submarine? <laughs> it, it's it's hard to say, but Villarreal um, is a really good side, uh, a stubborn one. You know, they, they showed that at Arsenal, um, mm. you know, being, being up and they just didn't didn't concede anything, you know, so they, they've shown that they're, they're a real gritty defensive side as well. 
And even um against Real Madrid um the other day, the the last game of La Liga, yeah. and th- this game I really thought Real would win comfortably. You know they had to win, of course, and no, Villarreal gave gave them a lot of trouble, scored an early goal. Real went on to win, but uh, they're 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 a really good team, and they they've improved mightily under Emery. Show it just goes to show, you know how good of a coach he is. But in in this game, uh, as you said, obviously very even that it you know it ended up going to penalties. Um, I think their their goal, but off the set piece as you mentioned, I think it's just it goes down to poor defending. In the end, from from Man U, you know. I think it was uh, Lenglet. No, I'm sorry. Lindelof, Lindelof. Yeah, Lindelof. That's the other L. (laughs) Lindelof, he got beat, and Moreno. You know, I mentioned him before. He he's a prolific striker, and he's always gonna put those in. Um, and then you know, Man. For me, Man U dominated this game, and they really should have won it. And they didn't. They didn't take their chances. Uh, you mentioned Rashford. He had a shocking miss. So, you know, Manu had their chances. They didn't take them. Um, it ended up going to penalties. And then this, you know, st- <laughs> you just can't make this up, man. 11 to 10 in a final. It's, it's you know, stuff that you see out of the movies that it ended up going to, to the goalkeepers. I mean, you rarely see this, this happen. And, of course... Uh, Rui, Rui, whatever his name is, he he freaking blasted it in into the top corner, his penalty, and then w- when De Gea um, went up for it, you could just tell he wasn't confident at all. Mm. Poor shot, and Rui, Rui made the save, and that was it. And you know, as I said before, it's just just tough, you know, to to lose a final like that. In the end, you can't blame De Gea for for missing the penalty, but what you can blame him for is a goalkeeper of his caliber. Obviously, you know, his play has decreased recently and Henderson has been playing a lot. But, you know, to get he he was selected for this game and eleven goals, he didn't save one. Come on, man. Well, yeah, to your credit, um, Villarreal is a really strong team. It's one of the teams I respect in La Liga who go unnoticed most of the time with people talking about the big three and then maybe Athletic Bilbao and Sevilla. And then everybody just forgets that teams like Villarreal are still in competition year in and year out. Uh, You did say United dominated the stats. To your point, 61% of possession for United and 85% pass accuracy for them as well. 14 shots. Um, for United against 12 for Villarreal and only two of those were on on target versus the one for Villarreal and uh, as we can tell Villarreal scored on that shot so um, for United as strong as of a lineup that Villarreal has come on man it does not compare to that United lineup Maguire Maguire would be the only difference I'd, I'd make on that lineup I think it was the strongest lineup that they'd make but Obviously, I think Maguire is injured right now. So that's why he didn't play, and Bailey uh, played instead. But Cavani, Greenwood, and Rashford. Then Bruno Fernandes, Pogba, and McTominay. McTominay, who started off poorly, 
and ended up being the best player on the field, in my opinion, especially yeah. towards the end of that game. And for me, I think this is uh, another, you know, another blemish on Ole Shoskar as coach of Manchester United. Yeah. Another year going trophyless. Uh, correct me, Mr. United, if I'm wrong, but I think the last trophy United won was in 2017, which was in the Europa League under Mourinho against um, Ajax oh, when yeah. they won. Is that right? Uh, I believe so. They... Yeah. So this the Manchester United going four years now without a trophy is unacceptable. And I'm very surprised Solskjaer is still coach of this team. I don't know if that's going to go any longer. Oh, I don't know. What what do you see that? Do you think uh, managerial changes what is needed for this team? Uh, you know, uh, it, it's hard to say. Uh, Ole is one of those people, like, I, I really like him. Uh, he He's very personable. You can tell uh, he gets along with the players well, um, you know, based off his reactions on the sideline and and all that stuff, but it's just tactically and some of the decision makings, the decisions that he makes rather, that, that you have to question. And for me in this one, the game went on so long and it, I don't know if you noticed this too, but he just didn't make any subs until like really late in into extra time. Yeah. Well, do look at the people on the field though. United, as I said, to me at least, this is the best possible lineup that they could have taken out. I understand that, but some of the some of the players were were playing really poorly, like like Rashford, and yeah. he didn't take. Him <laughs> you out. think he was gonna take Rashford out of the final? Uh, I I think he should have. I I I genuinely think he should have. Rashford oh. was god awful. Um, Van de Beek, Mata, yeah. Diallo, Imagine that. Imagine Van de Beek, the player who's been shunned out of United under Shoskar, well, subbed in into the biggest game of the year for them. No, I'm just saying, I'm not arguing against you, but imagine I, that storyline. No, I, I know. It's just that let, let the game play and didn't sub anybody uh, until really late. Um, and I, I think it, even, even if the players weren't playing badly, it's just, you know, sometimes – players need a rest and I, I think that like definitely Rashford w- was was awful but Greenwood who, who played well and then he took him out towards the end and I'm like why because Greenwood could have t- taken a penalty I mean you know in the end they all scored their penalties but I think it was just like little questionable decisions like that one and taking out Pogba that one I'm also like why for Fred yeah. So I, I don't just little decisions like that, but it looks like Manu um, is content with Ole staying. It, you know, I mean, if they would if they would have wanted to fire him, I think they would have done it already. So it, it looks like Ole is here to stay, which I I don't mind. It's just win a trophy, you know. <laughs> Four years, man. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I I just looked it up too. To, to clarify, and the last one that they won was the Europa League in 2017, and it was Mourinho. Yeah, the special one, who is now in Roma. It, yeah. yeah, for me, watching United from afar, man, is they're literally the big three for me, at least, is United and Liverpool, unquestionably, and Arsenal right under them. You can argue with me, but Ar- Arsenal in its history is one of the top three teams in England, yeah. and 
just looking at this form, uh, you know, they were in contention for the Premier League, but then they bottled it up. And now this is a major trophy. I know it's not Champions League, but come on now. It's yeah. a Europa League trophy. You would expect them to win, come out victorious to at least feel somewhat better about this season on the yeah. performing. But no, it's another year trophy list. And for Manchester United, I know those fans are triggered right now. They want I, the president, I think. They want him out. And now, for me, I do think it's time. Because what has uh, Ole Shoskar shown for his time as Manchester United coach? I, I don't think that he's shown anything, really. Um, and last, my last point would be, I think that left-wing position has to be strengthened up because Rashford is not a left-winger, in my opinion. And yeah. it's just weird. It's peculiar because Cavani has been doing straight, splendidly. And now I highly doubt they're going to play a 4-4-2. So it's going to be very... You know, interesting to see how they play out with their their lineup up top. Uh, do you have any last points to make? Yeah, I, I definitely agree that I mean Rashford has the talent. Like when you watch him, he has the talent, you know, speed, uh, dribbling ability to to be on the wing. But I definitely think and agree with you that even if he's like not playing up top, he needs to be closer up top to whoever it is, Cavani, Martial, whoever it is, you know, if it's like a little behind him, but again, that's where, that's where Bruno plays. So, you know, I, I think they just have to toy with the formation a bit, but I think Greenwood is solid on that right side. Um, obviously Bruno as Cam Cavani, he extended his contract, I think just for a year, but Cavani has been, um, a great acquisition for sure, as you mentioned. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Marseille because he he went out hurt. So I mean he'll he'll be returning uh, uh, unless they get rid of him. But also you know I, I mentioned Van de Beek and this one is it's just you know they they bring him in from Ajax and you, know, you mentioned it he's been essentially shunned out from the team barely plays. Um, essentially, you know, with, with the second string, you know, he, he played in the last Premier League game with, with the kids, the academy kids. So uh, I, I just don't understand. Like when, when they signed him, yes, it's, it's a big name. It's just for me right away, I, I just thought, where is he going to play with Fred, Pogba, McTominay, you know, Bruno, and look, look where it's gotten them. So that one was a really questionable one and it has not panned out, but hopefully going forward, they get their money's worth. Yep. As an Arsenal fan, I can proudly say we have at least gotten a trophy this year. On that, we end today's episode. As always, we thank you for tuning in. Be on standby for our next episode. We have to dive into these NBA playoffs, which are exciting as ever. Uh, by next time, both of our teams will be eliminated, but uh, <laughs> it was on. a good run. It's 3-1, Chris. Let it go. <laughs> With that, we say goodbye. Thank you as always, guys.